Okay, so we are back. As I mentioned in the first part of this this episode, this is a multiple part multiple part episode. So I hope you guys are understanding how to follow part one, part two, part three. I, I think you guys are. But anyway, joining with me here on the official talk of Philly Sports with Matty B Hotline for his third count them third season of bringing you and me uh, insightful NFL and Philadelphia Eagle opinion and talk. Uh, he is a 94 WIP show producer and the host and co-creator of the Birds IQ podcast that you can see in here on that wonderful network, the Edge of Philly Sports. Uh, Mr. Kyle Quinn. Kyle, welcome back to season number three. It's a pleasure to have you back, Kyle. Um, you, you really don't re- understand how much I look forward to this time of the year, especially with you. Yeah, man, I'm excited too, dude. Football's like, what, a week away? A week, week and a day away? So yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be a long week, but I- I'm pumped for it, man. I'm hyped to be here. Now, Kyle, I would be remiss if I didn't start with the Eagles. I know this is a show that's and it's really kind of geared towards the entire NFL, but who are we kidding? Uh, we're going to focus on the Eagles, so might as well get right off the bat. Uh, the Eagles have been a very active team over the past 24 hours. Now, of course, yesterday, everybody had to get down to 53 on their roster. Uh, the Eagles uh, pulled off the, the move to, to pull in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Saints, um, giving up essentially pennies on the dollar for him. And then today, just breaking a couple of hours ago, Kyle Quinn, uh, the Jalen Rager era in Philadelphia has officially come to an end. Uh, the Eagles are sending Rager to the Vikings in exchange for a 2023 seventh-round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth-round pick that would de-escalate to a fifth-round pick, whatever that means, if certain uh, certain statistical marks are not met. Obviously, if he doesn't perform, it goes to a fifth-round pick. I would pretty much think that's what that means. Kyle Quinn, my first question to you is, does the trading of Jalen Rager for a seventh-round pick and a conditional potential fifth round pick in 2024. Does that make it all better that Howie Roseman whiffed yet again on another first round talent? Well, I mean, of course not. But I mean, if that's looking at it more of a simplistic way. I mean, look at what the Eagles have done since the drafting of Jalen Rager. I mean, they've been, you know, successful enough, more successful, I think, than the Vikings have who drafted Justin Jefferson. So, um, like I always say, just making draft picks is, is not the uh, not the ultimate goal in the NFL. And yeah, it was a bad pick, but for where he is right now, um, he's a fifth wide receiver on the team, sort of an afterthought, and just you know a flat out bad player. So the fact that he was able to get seventh and a fifth for him uh, at this point, I think, is pretty good value, um, especially considering you get a fifth back that you basically gave up in the uh, Garner Johnson trade. And you kind of uh, and, and you recoup the picks there, so you're really giving up nothing for Garner Johnson. You're getting rid of a nobody and something out of it, whereas you could have ended up with just getting nothing out of it. And um, I think that's more than a lot of teams can say about you know. I mean, look at the Raiders; they just drafted a, an offensive lineman in the first round last year and cut him this season. So uh, all that being considered, I, I think it's, uh, it it definitely looks a little bit better than it could have been. Okay, now obviously with the regular. Uh, being sent to the Vikings, uh, you know, for a second, well, actually, because uh, JJ was cut yesterday by the Seahawks, but for a second, it was like literally JJ was back with DK Metcalf, and now Rager's back with Justin Jefferson. Is that poetic justice escape you, Kyle Quinn, or are you uh, aware of that? No, I mean, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm fully aware that it's, it's pretty funny, considering, you know, where the Eagles have been since those moments and 
where you know the Seahawks and Vikings have been since those moments, and now they're you know they, they kind of are stuck with our uh, our bottom of the barrel guys, or were at least in, in Seattle's case. So yeah, it is uh, it's poetic as you say, but uh, about justice. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, there's not okay. Anyway, um, so currently right now, Howie Roseman has uh, been in charge of nine Eagles drafts, and now with the removing of Jalen Rager from the team today. There is only five first-round picks still remaining on these teams that, that Howie Roseman oversaw in the draft. Um, you know, I got we we we. It's very well known. We've talked about this that this past draft they decided to go ahead and trade for a known commodity in AJ Brown to fit a wide receiver need instead of Howie potentially trying to draft another one. Uh, Kyle, he can't run from this. He's going to have to draft another wide receiver someday, potentially next season. Uh, the Eagles are only going to go into the season, I guess, with four wideouts because with the addition of Ian Booth today, the cast off from the Saints is their third quarterback. Is that the roster spot being filled, you think, or is there a fifth wide receiver on the way? Well, uh, hold on a second. You're saying that he's going to have to draft a wide receiver next year? I mean, you, and you think in the high rounds? I, well, I'm, I, you know, you never know. I, mean, I don't know. I disagree with that. No, because they just they signed A.J. Brown to, what, a four-year contract? Yeah. And they just drafted Devontae Smith last season. And they drafted Quez Watkins the year before. They're not drafting out wide receiver high. Not. Well, maybe they may have to. Maybe A.J. Brown doesn't work out. Maybe Devontae Smith has a career-ending head injury. They're, I don't they're, know. They're, you stuck can't... With, they're stuck with A.J. Brown. Well, I'm, they just signed him. Well, they were stuck just, with Jalen Rager, too, and they decided, and how he that's, magically that's, worked that's his way true. out of that. They were not, they were not stuck with Jalen Rager. So you didn't, you didn't believe the reports that the Eagles would not cut Jalen Rager because it would be too costly to cut him versus keep him. Well, it was true. Yeah, they did, they did keep him. So that's being stuck <laughs> with him, though, right? But that's being, yeah, I mean, listen, Howie's the great orchestra. He can make things happen. All I'm trying to say is eventually Howie Rosen may have to draft another wide receiver. And, and that's all I'm trying to say. In a few years, okay. I'm, that's all I'm trying. That's all I'm trying to say is, but to answer the second part of my question, Kyle, are the Eagles you think going to go into the season with just four wide receivers? Uh, no, I, I think they'll end up keeping Kobe uh, as a fifth wide receiver and uh, possibly for you know punt and kick returns, especially considering the Raiders going now. Yeah, that was definitely a th- other part of the threat or potential threat that he did provide. I know he wasn't much of a punt or kick returner either, but yeah, I don't know why I used that word. That was a poor choice of words. All right, Kyle Quinn, uh, let's go. Let's talk about the. Uh, we just kind of glanced over CJJ, uh, CGJ, uh, that move, which is being uh, hailed up and down. And and I agree with the trade on paper. It looks pretty damn good. But the problem I'm having to try to wrap my head around this is that. Uh, Johnson's only played, he's a slot cornerback. That's what he's played. He's only played 4% of his snaps ever at the safety position. And now we're going to entrust John Gannon to turn him into a safety. Uh, are you concerned at all that that may not work as seamlessly as people might think it's going to? Uh, I did have a little bit of concerns about it, but he's just one of those guys who, uh, well, he did play a lot of safety in college. And he's just one of those sort of versatile defensive backs, sort of like your your Malcolm Jenkins. Like he's he's a lot like Malcolm Jenkins, a lot like how the Saints used Malcolm Jenkins uh, a lot in the slot. Um, you know, and they used him. They, they had some snaps in safety, not you know, not like zero. But uh, he's yeah, he's he's sort of like your Malcolm Jenkins type guy. I actually think that I, he's he's perfect for what the Eagles are going to run. Uh, I think he's going to be he's going to fit in just fine. Is it going to be a free safety or a strong safety or a hybrid? What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. It's all going to depend on what looks they're, they're trying to put out there, but I think he's going to fit in in multiple different ways. I mean, uh, but they, they have some versatile guys back there now, especially um, him and Maddox. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Gannon uses them. But I, I'm actually a little bit less concerned with how they're going to use uh, Gardner Johnson this season. I, I think he's a guy that, that's going to be able to jump right in. Kyle, last night I was speaking to some people, and uh, I was – we were discussing Howie Roseman and how I can't stand him and uh, all that anyway. And the question was brought to my attention or it was tried to be brought to my attention that the NFL is turning into a positionless league, meaning, uh, well, you know what I mean? I mean, it's athletes. Athletes can play anywhere on the field. Um, I don't know if they meant so much to say that you can take anybody and make them a quarterback, but I think they meant more of you can plug and play with defensive players potentially all around the side of the field. I don't believe that. I don't think the NFL is a positionless league. Kyle Quinn, where do you come out on that? Uh, do you think the NFL is going or trending or is at a positionless league? Well, I think coaches are starting to prefer uh, more versatile guys for sure. I mean, that that's become pretty clear. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, whether you like it or not, I think that's pretty obviously the direction that the league's going. I mean, look, every O-lineman is pretty much able to play almost anywhere on the offensive line now. Wide receivers line up anywhere. You got your Debo Samuels. You got your hybrid safeties now. You got your, you know, I, I mean, you, the linebackers that are, that are, I mean, are they hardly even linebackers anymore? They're like hybrid linebacker safety. So, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I mean, you can deny it all you want, Matt, but it, it's, it's common and it's here. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's not that I'm denying it. It's that I, I just don't, I, I don't believe it is as simple as a lot of people want to say it is. I, I don't think. And okay, in 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 um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's case, and I'm not, and I, I I hope to God it works out, and I hope to God it is successful. But if you play the majority of your life as a slot cornerback, you're you're used to certain types of coverages and looks and breaks and angles and stuff like that. And just think, you know, maybe maybe it's not as easy to do that as a safety than it is as a cornerback. That's all. I'm just saying I don't think it's as easy as a lot of people are trying to kind of tell me that it is. You know what I mean? Well, for some guys, sure. But yeah. what I'm telling you is, is that I mean, in, in CJ Garner Johnson's case, that yeah, I mean, he's one of those versatile guys that is that you know is sort of able to sort of just jump into different looks. Like I said, he did it a lot in college. He's not a slot corner his whole life, like you said. Um, he's played a ton of safety, and um, he's drafted sort of as like a hybrid safety slot corner guy. So yeah, I mean, this is this is what he does. This is uh, CJ's ML. Yeah, and I hope it, I hope you're right because on paper, uh, just like a lot of things Howie has done this year, it sure as hell does look really good. And in about 11 days, as you mentioned, we're all going to find out firsthand on how good it might look. Now, Kyle Quinn, let's switch gears, head towards the NFL landscape in general, not especially the Eagles, but let's talk NFL football. Let's talk what Kyle Quinn thinks is going to be the NFL landscape in 2022. And I want to remind everybody out there, and I'm going to remind you too, Kyle, that last season we did this, and you predicted 10 teams correctly uh, to include division champions, wild card teams, conference champion matchups, and you also got the Super Bowl team correct as you picked the Los Angeles Rams. I, on the other hand, only picked seven right and totally missed on the Super Bowl. I didn't even get the teams right. So... Heading into this year, Kyle, you got me, but not, I'm coming back in a big way starting today. Kyle Quinn, let's take a look at the American Football Conference, the Eastern Division. Uh, you know, you got a division that for years and years and years was dominated by the New England Patriots, and we all prayed for that day to end, and it finally did, and the Buffalo Bills have filled that void. The question I'm going to ask you, and we're going to kind of take this first place, last place. We're not going to go second, third, and all that. I'm not going to do all that, but 
I want to know what is Kyle Quinn or who does Kyle Quinn think is going to finish in dead last in the American Football Eastern Conference? It's hard to not say it's the Jets still at this point, uh, especially with the Zach Wilson injury. I just don't think they're a team that's really ready to compete. I know they had a pretty good draft, but... We say that every uh, year. Every year we say that. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I'm just not sure I'm ready to uh, ready to believe it until I see it quite yet with, with, the, with the New York Jets. So um, the Jets, I think, are the obvious choice to finish last in, in the AFC. And what about, uh, is there anybody, are the Patriots, are the Dolphins who have you know, really ramped up with Tyreek Hill and all that. Are the Dolphins in a position? Is anybody in a position to overthrow the Buffalo Bills, or is Josh Allen and crew here to stay? Yeah, I'm actually I'm not too high on the Patriots this year. I actually think they're a candidate to take a little bit of a step back. Um, the Dolphins, I do think, might end up you know get racking up a little, uh, a few wins uh, just throughout that conference, but. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to be able to stack up quite as much with the Buffalo Bills. I think uh, Josh Allen, that offense, and that defense this year, I mean, they're just going to be they're, – they're too good. Yeah. Now, I, listen, Kyle, we are seeing eye-to-eye on this. I also think the New York Jets are going to finish dead last. Uh, we say it every year. Oh, wow, man, they had a great draft, or they have so much talent. But the bottom line to me, Zach Wilson is not the answer. A healthy Zach Wilson ain't the answer, and a hurt Zach Wilson certainly isn't the answer. Uh, it's a quarterback league. The Jets don't have it. Until they figure that out, I don't see them ever coming out of last place, and you're right. Uh, Miami might be trending in the right direction, but Buffalo is still the champion of the AFC. No, I agree with you 100%. Good job, Kyle. All right, Kyle, the AFC North, which this might be one of the weirdest divisions of football this year because there seems to be a power shift ongoing within that division. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals rose out of nowhere last year, ran a ran a wave of success and good feelings and great wide receiver play from one Jamar Chase uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, whereas the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers are starting over in the post Ben Roethlisberger era, and the Baltimore Ravens are looking to think that is Lamar Jackson an actual winner or just a really good athlete? Kyle Quinn, who, in your opinion, is in last place in the AFC North? Uh, I, I, it's hard not to say that it's going to be the Browns. I, I think they're another easy one to call, especially with Deshaun Watson missing 11 games. Um, if he would have been playing or have only missed six, um, maybe, you know, I, I could I, – uh, no, I'm not sure because I actually think uh, the Steelers might be a little bit better than people think this year. So I think the Browns are probably the easy candidate to finish last. And who is the who's, – who's winning the AFC North? AFC North, I think, is going to the Ravens this year. So this is a tough division to call, and I think it is a little bit better than than, uh, than people are going to give credit for. But the Ravens were just decimated by injuries last season. I think before the season even started, they lost three of their top running backs uh, before week one. So, I mean, they, yeah, and that's just a microcosm of, of sort of how the season went for them. Just a brutal season for the Ravens. I still think they ended up winning eight games. Um, Lamar's just one of those guys who, you know, say what you want about him in the postseason, but he just racks up wins in that regular season. So I think the Ravens are going to uh, gonna step up win the AFC North ahead of the Bengals, who are, uh, who are I think, are going to be coming off a little bit of that Super Bowl loser hangover. Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't think anybody could have picked the Bengals to come out of that division last year for the Super Bowl, even if you tried. Um, I, I mean, I remember specifically talking about the Bengals on this show with you last year, and we were both concerned that they didn't address the offensive line Joe Burrow's blind side to be specific, but obviously we were both dead wrong because Jamar Chase is a different level uh, wide receiver. Um, 
you know, obviously they got the better of the Alabama or I'm sorry, he went to LSU, but um, you know, I, I, he's just a different type of level wide receiver. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ride the wave. I'm going to continue. I'm going to say Cincinnati wins that division. Uh, I am not a Lamar Jackson fan. I think he's just, as you mentioned, he does rack up a lot of wins, but when the chips are down and I just don't think he's going to ever take Baltimore anywhere. I just, I just don't think he's that type of quarterback. I like Cincinnati here in a division that is completely in flux. Obviously, I'm not going to go ahead and uh, with a social conscience and make any sort of prediction about the Browns winning. I'm not going. I'm not touching that thing at all. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead with the Pittsburgh Steelers is finishing dead last. I think the post Big Ben era is going to hurt in the in the first year there, Kyle Quinn. Okay, so, so my question to you about the Steelers would be: You don't think so? I, I, I thought about this a little bit, and I remember I, I was talking to you last time. We were both saying, "Yeah, like no, Steelers are probably going to suck. Steelers are probably going to suck." But I thought about it a little bit. And I think a lot of what was holding them back last year was Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I'm not saying Trubisky is this major upgrade and, you know, Pickett who knows with him. But if Pickett comes in and even plays, like, average or slightly yeah. better than Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think the rest of the roster really got worse. And the rest of the roster pretty good. And, I mean, Mike Tomlin, again, yeah. never had a losing season as the head coach of the Steelers. So uh, I just think they're an interesting team to watch this season, especially now that the quarterback's gone. Let me ask you this, though, Kyle. Say they go ahead with Pickett as the starter. I don't know. Have they announced that? Has Kenny Pickett been announced as the opening day? So I don't even know if he no, has or not. Tomlin's uh, keeping it close to the vest on that one. So, for example, say Kenny Pickett is announced the opening day starter and you're a Steeler fan. You're going to spend your days watching and begging and praying to God that Kenny Pickett remains upright because Mitchell Trubisky is in the wings. I, I just don't think that that works well for anybody. You know, I, I don't. Because it's one hit away. Yeah, no, I got you, but there's there's a pretty good there's backup quarterbacks and there's Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion. So I'm not ready to go down that road. You might be right. This might be one of the most contested divisions of this of of the NFL. You could have a potential four team over 500, uh, like you potentially could have in the AFC West. I don't know, but right now, to me, on paper, I just like I. I'm just gonna I'm gonna ride the wave with Cincinnati until they show me or tell me otherwise. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. No. I, fair enough. And look, Cincinnati was just in the Super Bowl last season. I'm not telling you that it's a bad pick to win the division. My my, uh, my contention with the Ravens was just that Lamar's a good regular season quarterback, and the Bengals could be you know they they could start a little bit slow this season. Is all I'm saying. No, I you 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 could possibly be right as well. All right, Kyle. On to the AFC South in a division that's apparently. Uh, resembling the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. You got Doug Peterson with Jacksonville. Nick Foles has, has, has joined the Indianapolis Colts along with uh, Rodney McLeod and, of course, Frank Reich. Um, when we look at this division, uh, you analyze some of these teams. The Colts are obviously uh, probably still sticking pins in their Andrew Luck doll because he apparently has screwed them over because yet we're going with another quarterback du jour out there in Indy this year. This time it's Matt Ryan getting an opportunity to – capture some of his glory days uh you got jacksonville who's trying to recover their image from an urban meyer scandal of last season you got the houston texans that are beginning to rebuild and reacclaim their identity and then you got the tennessee titans who seem to be just kind of reaping the benefits of all that drama in that division kyle quinn let's change it up a little bit who do you think is going to win the afc south yeah i got the colts winning the afc south oh yeah, uh, I, I think the Titans are going to take a little bit of a step back. 
Um, I think there's going to be something weird going on with the Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis dynamic there. I think Malik Willis is a little bit closer to starting than some people are ready to admit, including Ryan Tannehill himself. Uh, so I think that's going to be an interesting one there. I always forget the Titans were a number one seed last year because I don't respect them as a number one seed. I don't respect them again this season. So I think the Titans are going to take a step back. The Jags not ready to compete. The Texans, like you said, are rebuilding. I think that's uh, the Colts' division to lose there. They're uh, they're getting healthy on defense and on the offensive line. And look, I mean, uh, I think say what you want about Matt Ryan, but he's not the uh, the wild weird gunslinger that Carson Wentz was. He's probably going to take better care of the ball and just sort of operate that Colts' offense the way that Reich wants it to around Jonathan Taylor. And I think they're going to uh, they're going to end up taking advantage of a bad division and winning it. You don't think that you know Matt Ryan could be the poor man Philip Rivers type thing going on there in Indianapolis. They couldn't do it with him. I mean, what makes you think that Matt Ryan could be the one to take him? Well, Matt Ryan's, you know, he's a former MVP just a few years ago. And like I said, the rest of the division, I, I just don't really think it's going to be that good. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for them to rack up wins. And wins is what it matters. Uh, what matters when it's coming to uh, winning the division and standing. So. Now, what about last place? There's a couple of teams you, I guess we could pick from here, but who do you think is coming in last in the AFC so? Yeah, I'm going to still go with the Texans. I know there's some, uh, you know, pseudo-hype about Davis Mills, but I don't think he's ever going to end up becoming anything. And uh, with it, Lovie Smith running the show down there, they, they don't really have anybody that's worth, you know, sneezing or, you know, worth mentioning. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Damian Pierce, I think it's their up-and-coming running back there. But, the, yeah, like you said, the Texans are rebuilding. They're by uh, obvious candidate defense players there. Yeah, so in the AFC South, I'm going to go ahead and run with the popular hand for one more year. I think Tennessee wins that division. But you're right. I, there's just a weird no respect given to the Houston or Tennessee. It's it's probably because of Tannehill, and it's probably because of the way they grind out victories. And now, you you know, they're minus A.J. Brown. I know they're they're kind of maybe rebuilding or potentially pivoting a little bit down there. But I like Tennessee in a division of dogs. And then, uh, as you mentioned, Houston, I just – how can you – I don't even know if they're a real football team yet. but. Um, they are acquiring a lot of picks and talent, so we'll see. But right now, I think Houston is still the last place team. Yep. All right, Kyle. Now we're on to the possibly the most um, interesting of the divisions in football this year, the AFC Football West. And uh, in a division that could potentially find itself with every team over 500 because uh, of the quarterback situation that's happened in that division. Kyle, do you remember a situation ever in your life where a division would boast – the likes of a Russell Wilson, a Pat Mahomes, uh, a Justin Herbert, and then on a lesser side, a Derek Carr. Ever before, all the the amount of quarterback talent in one division right now. Just the amount of talent as a whole. I mean, on, on both sides of the ball, yeah. it's insane. I really, I'm not sure I've ever seen a division like it. People are calling it like the SEC of the NFL, and it's Ooh, it's really true. Like like you yeah. said, this is definitely going to be the most interesting division to watch this season. I don't expect much defense in that division, especially when they play each other. But um, just for the uh, purposes of this exercise, Kyle Quinn, who is going to come in last in the AFC West and why? Yeah, so the, the funny thing about this division is this is probably the toughest one to call for who's going to win it. But I think the one thing that I'm sure of is that the Raiders are going to finish last in this division. And it comes down to one thing. All, th all four teams have just electric offenses right now, pretty Pretty solid QBs. I would say that I think Derek Carr is probably the lesser of the four QBs in that division. But really what my decision comes down to is the Raiders have the worst defense of the four. 
And when those four teams play each other, I, I mean, look, I, I think there's a very good chance for one of the three of the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos to sort of fall out of the playoff mix just because they're getting beat up so much by each other. Um, so, it, like you said, it's going to be a really, really interesting division to watch, but I think the Raiders are going to ultimately end up on the bottom just because the division's not going to be able to hold up with the rest of the uh, three teams. You don't think the addition of Devontae Adams is going to make Carr a better quarterback, or is it, you know, what do you think there? Is, is that enough? I mean, obviously, when, when all this is happening around you and you're the Raiders and you're seeing these quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, you know, joining the division, and I guess you're decided or you're, you're, you're bent on using Derek Carr, you try to surround him with weapons. Uh, is Devontae Adams that weapon, or is it just the quarterback is out of, out of all of them is the lesser of the quarterbacks? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, I definitely think Devontae Adams adds something that Derek Carr's never had before. Devontae Adams, outstanding wide receiver. But like I said, it, it more comes down for me about what the defense did. You had the Chargers go out and get Khalil Mack. They're, you know, the, the, I mean, they're not only trying to boost up their offense. They're, these are teams that are trying to say, like, hey, not only do we need our offense to get better, but we need to stop the Russell Wilsons, the Patrick Mahomes. I don't think the Raiders did that, and I think the other teams did. So that's that's sort of what the breaking point is for me. And with that being said, um, who's finishing first? Yeah, you might call me crazy for this one, but I'm sticking with the Kansas City Chiefs. I ain't going to call you crazy. That. Yeah, no, I agree. First. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the, in the, uh, in the AFC, the, the NFL. Um, and look, I mean, I know they lost Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes will be able to make it work with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Valdez Scanling. It's, it's Andy Reid. Still got Travis Kelsey over there. They're, they're still going to be the team to beat in the uh, in the AFC and the AFC West. So I'm sticking with the Chiefs. Kyle, you'll be surprised to hear this, but we have the exact same thing. I believe that the Raiders will come in last and the Kansas City Chiefs will come in first. But I do believe we are witnessing the end of Andy Reid. Uh, it started when they won the Super Bowl. Now they're going down one level every year. And this year um, it might continue on with that. But as far as regular season uh, how can you not? Pat Mahomes is still probably one of the best quarterbacks on the planet, if not the best. I know losing Tyreek Hill, I, I'm interested to see that might be the most significant move this entire season is no longer uh, Mahomes and Hill. That might be the biggest thing. I, I'm, I'm thinking it is. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be up there, especially, I mean, just considering uh, what Tyreek Hill might be able to do for Tua and what, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how much of the Kansas City offense was Tyreek Hill and how much of it was Patrick Mahomes. Sure. Because Juju Smith-Schuster is no Tyreek Hill. Uh, yeah. um, I would say no. No, he's no, no. <laughs> not. Um, all right, Kyle, that takes us to your to our wild card predictions. There's three of them that I need from you. Who do you think is making in into the AFC wild card? Yeah, so let's see. I have my number five seed is going to be the Chargers. I think they're going to have the best team, uh, the second best team out of that uh, crazy AFC West division. Still love, love Justin Herbert, love that offense. Um, it's weird, uh, see, you know, the Chargers not being like a one or a two seed, but they're going to have to be a five seed just because they're in that tough division. Um, six seed, again, I have the Broncos, another uh, another team that's in that tough AFC West. Weird to call them a six seed, probably going to be the best six seed in the NFL. Uh, but the Broncos are my six seed, the seven seed, it's going to be surprising, sort of a little bit of fall from grace, but it goes along with my slow start that I have in, I have in there. I have the Bengals as a seven seed because I have the Ravens winning that division. Yeah. So uh, I could leave the Bengals out of the playoffs, but I did leave the uh, Raiders, Dolphins, and Titans out. So uh, That is interesting. 
Yeah, it's as interesting as mine are. My my six or my five is New England. My six is the Chargers, and my seven is Baltimore. So um, we're we're completely up with the exception of the Chargers on different wavelengths on the other two teams. Why do you feel um, Denver? What's what makes you think Denver is a? And I've I've been hearing it all off season. What makes you think Denver is in a win now mode? Uh, even with I know we had Russell Wilson, I got that. But what else on that team makes you think they are win now? Yeah, well, I mean, they've had a win-now roster pretty much just without their quarterback for, you know, I would say a good year or so now. Um, the defense is ready to win. The offense has been ready to win. They just haven't had a quarterback. And then they went out and got the quarterback. And not only did they get the quarterback, but they got Russell Wilson. So, uh, I mean, the Broncos, you 